Welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, a weekly look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Coming up, we'll have a look at this week's Louisiana Ag News headlines. We'll check out the latest happenings at the state capitol and in Washington, D.C. in our grassroots government segment. We'll hear from one of you as we take you to the fields and pastures of the Bayou State and find out the latest in crop and cattle conditions. And we'll look inside the markets with commentary from experts at the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. All of this and more coming up on this week's podcast. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, Kerry Martin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 19 of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Martin. Coming up on this week's podcast, we kick it off with a look at news headlines. And topping the news this week is the sad state of the Louisiana soybean crop in many areas. The rain this fall has caused a lot of problems serious problems for many Louisiana soybean farmers. We'll take a look at all of the issues that they are facing right now with a damaged crop and no home for those damaged soybeans. On the flip side of that, yes, we're having a lot of rain, but we're looking at a very good Louisiana cotton crop. We'll check in with LSU Ag Center cotton specialist Dan Frommy to find out what he's hearing about the Louisiana cotton crop. And so far, the results are very good. All of that and more coming up in news headlines. In grassroots government this week, we have a very special guest, United States Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue. He visited Louisiana last week. We caught up with him at the Raceland Sugars Sugar Mill in Raceland, Louisiana. We talked with him about several issues, including the soybean situation that we're facing here in Louisiana, as well as trade issues, lots of other things we asked the secretary about, and he'll have all of that for you coming up in grassroots government. We'll go in the field this week to Tensaw Parish to hear from Donnie Vandeven. Donnie is a cotton producer there, and he'll talk about how his cotton crop is looking this year. He says the same thing that Dan Frommy says. It's a very good cotton crop, despite the fact that the rain has been giving him some problems trying to get that cotton crop out of the field. Our regular market analysts will check in with us from the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association, as well as Dave Foster, taking a look at the cattle markets. And we'll wrap it all up with a look at an active Louisiana ag calendar. All of that coming up on episode 19 of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. And it all starts right now. Here's a look at the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. The 2018 soybean harvest started out great but it turned bad in a hurry. Don Molino reports. LSU Ag Center Extension Service soybean specialist Dr. Todd Spivey at the Deanley Research Station says harvest right now is going full-blown. We started probably about a month or so really hitting things hard, and things started out really well. Yield numbers were up. Uh, Quality uh, was very good. And then uh, about the time Gordon came through, that kind of got us kicked off on some of this bad weather um when gordon came through we lost a little bit of quality numbers went from uh one to three percent damage up to around five and six and seven percent damage about that time the rains really set in especially in central and south louisiana and a lot of folks went 
two and even three weeks with um, rain at, at least every other day. And it just kept the growers out of the field. And the conditions were such that the water would never dry off. So the beans uh, really deteriorated in the field. And all of a sudden, these uh, threes and fives and seven percent damages, all of a sudden, we were looking at uh, 15 and 17 and 20 percent damage. Uh, and, and in some cases, even higher than that. There's a lot of issues right now with elevators taking uh, damage only up to about around 5%. So even those fields that fared a little better um, and were being graded at 7 and 10%, even those are, are growers are having a hard time finding a place to take those. So we've run into some issues with damage this year. This is the second year in a row that we've had this uh, these weather issues late in the season. Um, there are a lot of acres in the south and southwest that uh, won't be harvested. There are some parishes that two-thirds of their acres may not even be harvested. So we're, we're running into some issues there. Um, again, it is beginning to dry out some in central and north Louisiana. These damage numbers are, are beginning to come back down, and growers are able to get rid of their beans. But what started as a really good harvest season did kind of snowball on us and fall off pretty quick. Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Dr. Mike Strain, says our grain elevators are rapidly filling up. Louisiana, we produce about 1.3 million acres of the nation's 90 million acres of soybeans. And the problem is now most elevators will not take any beans over 5% damage or over 7 and also they won't take your beans if you don't have a contract. And the reason is, is because we're not moving enough beans downstream. 60% of the nation's beans come down the Mississippi River. 60% of our beans are sold to China. China's only going to buy about half the amount of beans they bought last year. So the question is, where do we move them, how do we store them, and how do we work this out as we're opening up these other trade deals? Up to now, we found homes for most of our beans. Now, we did have a lot of moisture in certain areas, and we had some areas with 15 to 20% damage, and a lot of that has now been ground up and go, or going into feed. But the big issue is, what's going to happen to the beans north of us? Strain is also worried about what will happen now that the U.S. and China remain locked in a tariff and trade dispute. If China only buys half of the beans they normally buy, then 30% of the beans in the United States have to find a new home. And the majority of that comes through our grain elevators. We are working very hard to find places to put these beans and also mechanisms to keep our farmers in business so that they can plant next year. Everything we're doing now is to try to deal with this in the short term until we can get China at the table and get China to go ahead and get those things resolved and start our normal trade transactions, as well as opening up new markets, working with the market facilitation program, you know, both to open up new markets through the trade assistance and also what we can do to stabilize the economy of the farms so they'll have enough money to pay their bankers, to pay their bills, so that we can plant a new crop next year. So a lot of that all tied in together. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana. Louisiana Agriculture Podcast. Louisiana Congressman Ralph Abraham has sent a letter to U.S. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue asking for help in finding storage for Louisiana soybeans. So we've asked the Secretary to look at options, look at solutions. We certainly have offered some and get this done, but get it done quickly. Abraham says he's offered a couple of solutions. One, let's pay our farmers for planted acres instead of harvested acres. Now we understand why that was done in the first place, but there's gonna always be some bad apples, but mostly good apples of our farmers need to get some relief here. So let's pay for the planted acres instead of the harvested acres, because right now you have to have that grain slip 
to be part of the MFP fund. Well, you can't get it if you can't store your beans. The other possible solution here is let's incentivize these private farmers that have these empty grain bins to store these beans. Louisiana Congressman Ralph Abraham. Now all of this rain is causing a lot of problems for Louisiana soybean farmers. It's also delaying cotton harvest. However, we could be looking at a very good cotton crop despite the rains. Dan Frommy is a cotton specialist for the LSU Ag Center. You know, getting reports quite frequently on uh, three bales, uh, or fifteen hundred pounds of lint. Uh, it's, it's been uh, reported uh, very often, and on top of that, uh, fiber quality is uh, looking really good as well. And so. Uh, I think right now, even though we haven't finished this year's crop, I think it's going to be the best one that we've had since probably uh, 2014, which is well, well, well needed for uh, the profitability of producers here in Louisiana. So far, uh, you know, we've been able to escape, uh, you know, marketing marketing issues uh, that have, have that have impacted the soybean uh, the soybean world, and so uh, you know. Obviously, we have a lot of uh, soybean producers that farm cotton, and uh, at least we right now have some, some good news for them from the cotton front at this time. Brahmi says cotton harvest should be wrapping up soon. I tell you what, I would expect, uh, you know, if we can continue to get uh, favorable weather, uh, hopefully uh, we will be uh, be through harvesting here in Louisiana by, by the end of the month, uh, hopefully by, you know, November 1st. And, uh that's always good when you can finish up harvesting cotton in, in Louisiana. It has been a very wet harvest season here in Louisiana, but that's not stopping the Louisiana sugarcane harvest. We're trying to get this in in a hurry because we've got a pretty good rain event happening to the west coming this way and not what you want the first two days of grinding. That's West Baton Rouge Parish sugarcane grower Clayton Hurdle. It just slows everything down, slows the, the, the milling process down at the mill. It's not good on anything during harvest. Despite the wet start to this year's cane harvest, Hurdle says he's expecting a very good crop. I'm expecting a, a probably above average crop, you know, but it always it always depends on the weather during harvest, you know, how much sugar this crop actually has in it. I think the tonnage is going to be good enough to be a good crop. It's just a matter of whether, you know, we've had a couple of record-breaking sugar per ton or, or sucrose years the last couple of years. It's hard to follow that up uh, after the last couple of years, but I think we're still going to be at least above average crop. Sugarcane harvest is now 9% complete, according to the latest Louisiana Crop Progress and Condition Report. USDA released its latest crop production and supply and demand report earlier this week, and here's how the numbers for Louisiana looked. Louisiana corn for grain production now forecast at 76.5 million bushels. That's down 15% from last year. Upland cotton production forecast at 420,000 bales. That's 16,000 above last year. Rice production for 2018 in Louisiana forecast at 30.4 million hundredweight. That's up 15% from last year. Soybean production this year forecast at 65.5 million bushels. That's down 3% from last year. And sugarcane production forecast at 14.8 million net tons. That's up slightly from a year ago. USA Rice will be traveling to the Rice Outlook Conference in San Diego in December via Minneapolis. 
Don Molino reports the reason for this roundabout travel route is to give away several thousand consumer and industrial rice cookers along the way. Michael Klein with the USA Rice Office was on hand for the kickoff in Crowley as part of September being National Rice Month. Rice consumption in the U.S. is about 26, 27 pounds per person, and we think it should be double that at least. And one of the things that we've heard is that folks sometimes are intimidated by cooking rice. Not in southwest Louisiana, certainly, but in the rest of the country, sometimes there's a little bit of intimidation about how to cook rice. So we thought, well, if we gave people a rice cooker, you can't go wrong. You put the rice in, put the water in, push a button, and 20 minutes later, you've got rice. We reached out to companies that make rice cookers, and they wanted to get involved. And we said, well, what if we started giving away rice cookers and giving away rice and get them comfortable with it, and then they'll go out and buy rice on their own? We have 3,000 consumer rice cookers for household, and we have 25 that are industrial that we're going to stop at um, food kitchens and and, and uh, banks along the way to give out the industrial cookers to those who are feeding others in the in the community who are, are deserving of it. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. That is a look at some of the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture. And don't forget, you can stay up to date each day by checking out our website, voiceoflaag.org. We update that every weekday with the latest news, information, and happenings in Louisiana agriculture. And while you're at the website, don't forget to subscribe to our daily e-newsletter. It's called The Daily Voice. There's a big button right there on the homepage at voiceoflaag.org. Click that button, fill out your name and email address, and we'll send you the latest news in Louisiana agriculture directly to your inbox every weekday morning at 5 a.m. Coming up next, it's time for Grassroots Government. We get a special visit this week from U.S. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue. He spent a day in Louisiana, both at a grain elevator and at a sugar mill. We caught up with Secretary Perdue, and we've got him coming up next on Grassroots Government right here on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Growing up in Sarepta, I could see the value of agriculture every time I left the house. Whether it was timber going to the paper mill or cattle in a pasture, I knew the farmers, ranchers, and landowners were keeping my hometown on the map. And the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation helps keep them in business. So join the Farm Bureau today. Become a member at LAFarmBureau.org or call your parish Farm Bureau office. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. It's time for a look inside the halls of government in this week's edition of Grassroots Government on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Our guest on Grassroots Government today is United States Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue. The secretary is in Louisiana, and he stopped by Raceland Sugar's Sugar Mill in Raceland, Louisiana, to learn more about the Louisiana sugarcane industry. Mr. Secretary, thanks so much for your time today, and welcome to Louisiana. Thank you very much. We've had a great tour today in uh, southern Louisiana. We're down in Raceland today, and it's been uh, a great visit all the way along. We started with uh, Whip Scalise uh, early in New Orleans this morning, and uh, went over to Drago's, and then have been at the ADM uh, uh, facility on the river. So it's been a great uh, 
discovery process for me getting out with the real folks here in southern Louisiana. You mentioned the ADM facility. Let's talk about grain, soybeans in particular. I know you're aware of the very bad situation we're in here with soybeans, flood damaged soybeans, trying to find a home for those. Tell me a little bit about your visit today with soybean producers and maybe some of the solutions that you and USDA may be able to help us with. Well, one of the challenges we have is that our our laws won't allow us to uh, do the mitigation program if the crop is unharvested. And some people are on a catch-22 situation. They have uh, so much damage, they won't be, it's mer not merkinable, and uh, you can't get uh, compensated if you don't, uh, don't harvest. So that's a real challenge. I think we've got to uh, really go and to advocate to Congress over a new disaster bill that will uh, understand a quality uh, devaluation here for these farmers and uh, in Louisiana and really up the river. It's, uh, we're seeing damage and rain and wet the harvest conditions really all the way up the river. One of the situations, of course, that's contributing to this is our trade tensions with China. The fact that they're not buying soybeans, it's backing up beans around the country. I know, of course, as a member of the administration, you're in support of what the administration is doing. What's your message for farmers who are kind of suffering uh, trying to get through this deal as we negotiate with China? Well, one thing I want to say to farmers is thank you for your loyalty, thank you for your patriotism, and thank you for understanding that the president wants to get a better long-term deal for you. Uh, while China has been a good customer from buying, uh, they have not played fair, and we've become too dependent on the Chinese market. We're out in USDA trying to develop markets all around the world, uh, along the Indo-Pacific region from India to Malaysia to Indonesia, Thailand, Vietnam, Philippines, those other countries. I don't know if China is dependent on us or we've become dependent on China for their market, which puts us in a very compromised position. We're talking today at Raceland Sugars. Sugar is a very important industry to Louisiana, somewhat unique to, when compared to the rest of agriculture in the country. You are on a sugarcane harvester today. Tell me your impressions of well, the Louisiana sugarcane. I was with Mr. Ellender on his harvester, and it was a, quite an operation. Uh, we used to grow sugarcane in the garden to eat there during the fall, but uh, this was a, a first-class operation and a great, uh, a, a great industry. And uh, Southern Louisiana is blessed to have uh, sugarcane here. And uh, the agreement that was uh, we negotiated last year with a suspension agreement with Mexico, I think, is being well received, well executed. And, implemented and uh, these uh, sugar producers and mills seem to be very happy with that. We were able to protect the U.S. sugar program in the farm bill. However, farm bill's a little held up right now. What are you hearing in D.C. about getting this farm bill rolling? Well, I think everyone would like to get a farm bill. Some of these issues that are keeping us apart uh, have to do with work requirements. We believe that Americans are some of the most compassionate, some of the most generous people in the world. They love to help people, but they love to help people who want to help themselves. And that's what the, uh, the Farm Bill is really all about. Most of the money goes to our supplemental nutrition or our food stamp program. And these waivers that allow people to stay on the food stamp program where they're able to work is, uh, is, is a problem. And we want to see that uh, we help people go to self-sufficiency and not continue dependency on the United States government. The administration recently renegotiated NAFTA. We have a new agreement with Canada and Mexico. Is that going to be good for agriculture? Absolutely. This, the USMCA is the name of the new agreement. It's better than NAFTA. It does exactly what President Trump promised. We get a better agreement, better access into Canada, and good agreements with Mexico over new type of technology 
uh, different things like that and different agreements. I believe it'll be a template for our further trade negotiations with Japan and the European Union. You met with farmers a minute ago. One of them brought up labor issues. That's very important to the sugar industry, very important at this bill we're at today. Uh, the administration, your take on labor issues right now with our H-2A and our H-2B programs. Well, it's one of the top three issues we hear about in farm country. The president understands that agriculture needs a legal, stable workforce. Uh, Chairman Goodlatte of the Judiciary Committee has a great uh, proposal out there. We would love to see the Congress vote on that proposal. It gives us an H2C program that gives us year-round opportunities there. USDA is prepared and willing to manage that program going forward, which I think farmers would appreciate. Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Purdue. Thank you, Secretary. Thank you very much. Coming up next, it's time to go in the field. We'll head to Tinsaw Parish and visit with cotton farmer Donnie Vandevin. We'll get an update on how his cotton crop is looking here in 2018. That's next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. You know your Louisiana Farm Bureau membership gives you access to the best insurance on the planet, but it can also save you hundreds when you buy a car. On vacation, your Louisiana Farm Bureau membership gets you discounts on hotels and rental cars, and it makes you part of a group that's 143,000 families strong. So go to LAFarmBureau.org or call your parish Farm Bureau office to become a member. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. We're taking you to the fields of Louisiana as we hear from one of you in the field on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. We go in the field this week to talk with Donnie Vandevin. Donnie is a cotton farmer in Tinsaw Parish. He says he's having a really good year despite the fact that the rain has caused some harvest issues. But nonetheless, he's looking at a very good cotton crop if the rain will allow him to get it out of the field. This week's In the Field with Donnie Vandevin of Tinsaw Parish. I'm Donnie Vandevin, and we are right now on one of our farms, Helena Plantation. Altogether, we had about 1,600 acres of cotton, and as of right now, I've picked about 500 of that, about 1,100 in the field. We were picking. Everything was going good. We finally got back in the field after an eight-day rain spell. Got unlucky and got caught by another shower, and the cotton's wet. It rained for about 10 minutes, and the sun's out, and... We'll just wait for it to dry up and try to go get some more. Some of my better cotton is still in the field, and if the weather will get straight, this may be top three crops ever for us. With after last year and then, and then with the commodity prices on some of the other crops, we, we, we need something to work out for us. So. On this particular farm, this eight-day rainy period, we were getting one-tenth, two-tenths, three-tenths a day, just gentle showers and not a lot of heavy wind, so no cotton fell on the ground. It just was keeping the cotton wet so we couldn't pick it and bale it. If you put the cotton in these bales wet, you're asking for a lot of trouble. On some of the other farms, we've gotten more rain. Uh, one place in particular uh, got one rain that was about two inches, and there's some cotton on the ground there, but, you know, minimal. I mean, it just doesn't need any more. It's getting strung out, and another big rain's going to make it look pretty bad. The cotton had defoliated really nice and, and was really clean and white. 
but during this rain spell it's tried to put out green leaves and start growing and that just makes it harder to keep these spindles clean on these pickers and, and also uh, affects the grade some on the cotton from all the green leaves going in it. This year so far the crop's been really good. Uh, we need this weather to straighten up and let us get it. Most everything that we've picked so far has been in the 12 to some as high as 1,400 pounds to the acre, which is really good. We were pretty off last year due to the weather and uh, had the worst crop we've had in several years, so it, you know we need it this year. The inputs are higher than they've ever been and the, the prices that we receive are lower than they've been in a while. And It's just got to get this crop out of the field to, to make it work out. Louisiana cotton farmer Donnie Vandevin of Tensaw Parish. Coming up next, it's time to take a look at the markets. We'll check in with Grayson Close and Mark Tall of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. And we'll check in with Dave Foster for a look at the cattle markets. That's all next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Farm Bureau has been working for Louisiana's farmers and ranchers since 1922, and that work continues today. If you're a farmer or rancher, Farm Bureau wants you to join and be a part of their family. Farm Bureau knows you're busy running your operation, so while you're at work on your farm or ranch, Farm Bureau is watching out for your interests. So join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Now let's look at the markets with insight from the experts at the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. And to talk about the markets, we're visiting with Grayson Close. He's a grain marketing specialist with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. Well, Grayson, let's first start talking about these grain markets. USDA released their latest crop production and supply and demand numbers this week. What did we see in that report and how did the market react to it? Uh, the market reacted favorably. We're up a couple pennies again today, up uh, yesterday, too. Uh, what we saw was soybean uh, harvested acreage coming down a little bit, so that's kind of a good thing. Uh, it decreases production a little bit, or it should anyway, but when you look at yield going up uh, what it, from 52.8 to 53.1, so it, it kind of offsets the, the acreage imbalance there. Corn had an 81.8, which is unchanged from September in the harvested acres, but the yield did come down, so that allowed uh, production to come down too. Uh, so what we're looking at as far as carryout-wise, corn up a little bit, soybeans up a little bit as well. So the big crop does get a little bit bigger, but uh, it wasn't enough to make the trade nervous at this point. Grayson, I know that you work with a lot of farmers every single day. You have been fighting this battle of trying to find a home for these uh, slightly damaged soybeans. What is the current situation now? Last time that I checked in with you guys, uh, the elevators had just shut down on taking those beans. Have y'all had any luck finding a home for these soybeans? We have. We've got a little bit of uh, help from, from Big River Rice and Grain up in the north part, northeast part of the state. So if you've got damaged soybeans, anything over 7% all the way to 30, that's what that's where you're looking for a home for them. Uh, Big River and Marouge is taking, taking beans up to 30% damage and 15% moisture. And then 
Lansing Grain in Lake Providence has taken anything up to 25% damage. Well, that's good news to hear that at least uh, there are maybe some options. How bad is the situation out there in the field? Um, is the rain still continuing to cause us problems for farmers? It is. We've, thankfully, we've gotten a, a break from it for the later later maturity group soybeans that we're seeing. But for the stuff that was damaged beyond what the elevators could take a couple weeks ago, it's probably still standing in the field waiting for the insurance adjuster to come look at it. Um, we didn't make a whole lot of headway uh, as far as harvest progress, according to the USDA, and that's probably why, is because there's a lot of acres that are going to be left in the field down here. Um, if they've got it cut and in the bin, they're going to have to wait till they can find a home where they're going to have to do the same thing as everybody else and try to file insurance on it. Grayson, I know uh, weather has been causing us all kind of havocs here in Louisiana. I've seen stories where we've got some weather issues up in the Midwest. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, there's some there's snow falling in the very northern states of the U.S. right now, so that's not good. That's going to damage some of their soybeans, and they also have soybeans that are popping and throwing the seed on the ground, so that's going to reduce their yield as well. Uh, there is a lot of damage coming through uh, Indiana, I've, I've been told. Um, they're up to 30% there, so... Uh, and then with the recent rains across the Midwest slowing harvest down, that's not going to help them either. They have a little bit better tolerance to rain than we do because of the the difference in the humidity between here and there. But overall, no, it's not going to help them, and it could bring down U.S. yield in the next couple of reports from the USDA. Grayson Close, he's a grain marketing specialist with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. Thanks a lot, Grayson. No problem. Thank you, Gary. Now to talk about the rice market, we go to Mark Tall. He's a rice marketing specialist with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. We visited with Mark earlier in the week, and he gave us an update on the rice market. Well, we up today in the futures market. Really been trading a bit higher today. Volume is just slightly over the 1,000 contract level as of basically midday. This is not high volume. Nonetheless, it's consistent trading at this point. Each and every day, we're experiencing a higher low across the board, which means a slight incline in the overall price in the last week and a half. Some of the stability is really due to the recent sale to Iraq, although it hasn't really changed the cash market at this point. It still gives us hope that the crop will be moved out this season. Cash prices continue to remain the same. At this point, long grain 1080 per hundred based on a 62 over 70 number two. Producer selling has taken a step back due to recent lower price levels. Rice marketer Mark Tall with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association's Rice Marketing Office in Crowley. Now let's look at the cattle markets with our regular market analyst, Dave Foster. Dave is CEO of Cattle Producers of Louisiana. Dave, I know we're enjoying a nice change in the weather right now. We've seen a lot of weather changes over the last couple of weeks, and I know that has affected the cattle markets lately. Yeah, I can honestly say that this week definitely was a weather-related market as far as prices were concerned. Uh, As you know, here the first... uh, it was a week ago on uh, probably the 5th, 5th or 6th of October. Uh, that that storm moved through. It started there in, in the southern part of Texas, came right up through the Texas Panhandle, Oklahoma, into Kansas, and right straight up through to Nebraska. Uh, and what happened was two things. One, the temperature dropped uh, down, and then, of course, all the rain. So the feedlots had plenty of rain. Uh, the wheat growing area again abundance of rain but what happened was uh, really they didn't want to receive cattle 
in those kind of conditions, especially from us in the southeast where we were still having mid to high 80 temperatures and shipping those unweaned ball and calves from here up to there to 30, 40 degree weather. That's not really conducive for uh, for a good deal. And so, and then that then the very next week, what happened was with Michael coming in, uh, the uh, one of the big cow killers, uh, FPL in Augusta, Georgia, they basically shut down and were out of the market. So that's a that was a huge loss for us. And so. Our cow, cow prices, slaughter cow prices, did suffer uh, pretty substantially due in part to that uh, as well. well. Dave, when I look at the Louisiana auction warrant prices this week and you look at those cow prices, I can see where cows have gone as little as $150 a head. Now, obviously, that's, that's the bottom end of the market, but it wasn't that long ago where those bottom-end cows were bringing three or $400, so definitely we've seen a, a big drop in cow prices. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, it, it's, it certainly has been a, uh, a big thing. And, of course, here, here's where we are. It's almost like, I hate to use all these terms, but the perfect storm. You had all these kinds of situations around us, and then on top of that, we're right in the season where uh, where everybody is bringing cows to the market because their calves are weaned, they're culling these cows, preg checking them, and the open cows are coming to market. So historically, we get a lot of cull cows coming to market during September and October. Dave Foster, cattle market analyst and CEO of Cattle Producers of Louisiana. As always, Dave, thanks a lot for the insight. Thank you so much. Coming up next, we take a look at what's happening in Louisiana agriculture over the next couple of weeks. It's time to take a peek at the Louisiana Ag Calendar. That's next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. If you're a farmer or rancher, Farm Bureau wants you to join and be a part of their family. I grew up in Louisiana farm country, and I know all the hard work and sacrifice that you put into raising livestock, growing a crop, raising a family, and running a farm. Farm Bureau puts that same hard work and sacrifice into making life better for you and your family, so join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Now to wrap up this week's podcast, let's take a look at what's coming up this week on the Louisiana Ag Calendar. We have an active week coming up on the Louisiana Ag Calendar. First, we'll start with our Louisiana Ag in the Classroom workshops. We have a couple of those coming up this week. The first one is on Tuesday, the 16th, in Abbeville, Louisiana. And then again on Thursday, October the 18th, we have an Ag in the Classroom workshop in Gonzales, Louisiana. If you'd like more information on these workshops, they're free workshops for teachers to attend. You can check out their website at aitcla.org, aitcla.org. You can register and get signed up for our Ag in the Classroom workshops Tuesday coming up in Abbeville and then Thursday in Gonzales. Now, we have several seed cotton program workshops coming up this week. These are free workshops if you're a cotton producer and you want to participate in the seed cotton program. All of that information will be offered at these workshops. Here's a rundown of the schedule. Tuesday, October 16th, 
9.30 in the morning in Oak Grove, the LSU Ag Center Extension Office. Then Tuesday evening, 5 o'clock in the evening, Ravel Civic Center in Ravel. Wednesday, another seed cotton program workshop in Winsboro, Louisiana, 9.30 in the morning at River of Life Church. Then Wednesday evening, 5 o'clock, Panola Woods Country Club in Faraday. Then the final seed cotton program workshop will be Friday, October 19th at the LSU Ag Center Charles DeWitt Arena in Alexandria. So several of those seed cotton workshops coming up this week. If you're a cotton producer and want to participate in that program, be sure to check out one of those workshops and get all the information that you'll need. And one other event to talk about on the Ag Calendar this week, Thursday, October 18th, it's the Dean Lee Beef and Forage Field Day. That will be held at the LSU Ag Center's Dean Lee Research Center in Alexandria. Again, Thursday, 2.30 in the afternoon in Alexandria. Well, that is a look at the Louisiana Ag Calendar this week, and that puts the wraps on this edition of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Be sure to join us again right back here in two weeks. Until then, connect with us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is at Voice of LA Ag. We keep those accounts updated each weekday with all the latest news and information in Louisiana agriculture. Have a great week, and thanks for listening to Episode 19 of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Join us again next week. This podcast is produced by Kerry Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org and lafarmbureau.org.